Hey, I'm sex, love, and relationship therapist, Dr. Laura Berman. And for the past 30 years, I've been helping people just like you learn to love and be loved better. Here on the Language of Love Conversations, I'm talking to some of the world's most influential and revolutionary experts, thought leaders, spiritual teachers, and celebrities about love, sex, and relationships from a mind, body, and spirit perspective. And that way, my goal is to awaken your mind, body, and soul. It's time to become fluent in the language of love. So guys, you know who Nick Cannon is. He is a producer. He is a television host. He's an actor. He's a musician. He's lots and lots and lots of things. A when baby I, daddy. He's a, well, we're going to get into the baby daddy <laughs> stuff. Don't you worry. Yeah, that's what I was actually going to say at the end of your long list. What a lot of people know Nick Cannon as, in addition to all those other things, is the mother of all fathers. <laughs> <laughs> the right? mother of all fathers. I like that. Because he is. He has a lot of babies with quite a few mamas. And it has, over the past several years, it's been a huge area of interest for yes. the media and for popular culture and for late night stand-up comedians yeah. Yeah. and everyone else. So, And you you and I have known each other. I don't know how many years we've known each other yeah, now. Yeah, a few years now. We met, I think, first when you were doing your talk show and we've stayed in touch and yeah. remained friends. I know you like to call me your therapist. Yes. But- <laughs> you, I mean, you are. <laughs> I have more, helped. much, much more than that. Like, it's not just like I see you every week and give you all my problems. I feel like, yeah, someone that really cares. I feel like I'm sort of a love minister. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. And I've met a lot of your mamas, and I want to get into all of this stuff because, first of all, Father's Day is coming up. To me, this is a perfect time to have a co- this conversation. And we're going to talk about a lot of things. And as you know, Nick, I do hold your feet to the fire on sup often. Quite often. <laughs> but I don't think people fully understand, and I want to start here, that you are extremely earnest and well-intentioned and really <laughs> want to do well by in your work and in your community, but especially with your kids and in your relationships. And I think it's easy for people to be cavalier and like, oh my God, this guy has so many relationships and is having all these babies. He must not give a shit about anyone. And But actually, I really want to highlight that talking to you and seeing and how tender your heart is and how much you try You know, as you like to say, juggling all those knives that you have to juggle at once. I'm a machete juggler. (laughs) You're a good juggler. I mean, I was just, you walked into the studio and you said, I was asking you what you did today. You were talking about a television show you're producing and that you have a dinner after this with the hosts of the television show. And then you had a call you needed to make to your, I guess, one of your oldest kids, right? Yeah, my oldest son. Your oldest son, who's how old now? 12. He's 12. And- He's saying, hey, dad, I want to get together with you for dinner, Yeah. right? And you just didn't even blink. You're like, all right, I will come. We may have to stop off at this work dinner, but then we'll go to the Grove and we'll hang out. And yeah. like, you just didn't even blink. Yeah. Where a lot of parents wouldn't necessarily make themselves available as readily and as easily. Yeah, yeah. That was really kind of cool to it, listen to. Nah, no, I mean, that's like you said, it's just the authentic way that I move. I mean, my children are my priority throughout my day. But I just want to be there. For it's funny because it is challenging because you know having twelve children and there's only so much time in a day. But I mean, it's funny like that's what I'm about to go do. After that, I'll probably go put you know a few others to sleep. You know, once I after he and I have dinner, and then I just had three of them with me earlier on set. You know, I have a nursery in my office. and where Yeah, we which film. is a good move. Yeah, so, like, I most likely will see all my children today. All and, of them? Yeah. Because if they weren't, they were either in the daycare or you're going to see. Yeah, I either seen them this morning. I woke up with them. You know, like, it kind of, it's a nice 
balance of so like, you wake up with some you see some at work in yeah. the daycare you have at work and, and then you get together with some evening, in the evening there's going there's bedtime a lot of time i try to set my day up where i can actually pick a few of them up from school that are in school so we we do that so that's usually i try to clear everything from like two to four or five so, so that can, you can do all the after school stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes and then, there's extracurricular activities like different practices and stuff. So depending on the day. I, and how do you do it? Like when five of them, let's say, because, all right, so let's just discuss the ages because there yeah. is a gap, right? So the oldest two are 12. 12. And then Golden and that is, is the Golden next. is six. And then. And then after him, Powerful is two, but turning three. So he's like, okay. you know, she's almost. Two and a half. And then you went on a spree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And how many do you have under three? Like uh, nine? But no, that's not nine because what, what we got. Eight? Yeah, eight. Eight. Yeah, okay. eight under. And there are how many moms that you're? Six. Six. Yeah. But Mariah and you are just pure co-parents and friends. Yeah. There's nothing. We have two. And there's nothing romantic there. No. Okay. And then... The other five baby mamas, are there romantic things with all of them? Uh, not all of them. You know what I mean? It, it varies. It varies. It comes and goes. I've learned that, you know, it's probably wiser to, to or for certain, I, I mean, allow them to navigate as well as push their narrative in which how they want to yeah, define not us. Yeah, not define it for them. Yeah. That makes sense. But uh, I'm a go with the flow type of guy. Yeah. So, all right. Let me just ask you about Father's Day. Okay. Okay. You got all these kids. What do you do? Who do you spend at Father's Day with? Like, how do you? Well, handle Father's Day is supposed to be for me, right? Yeah. So I probably it's I'll probably go spend it with my father. So not with the kids. Necessarily. Well, I mean, I'm I'm being a tad bit facetious, but it's <laughs> actually during that time because I have so, three of my or four. We're counting the twins. Of uh, I have four birthdays in the month of June. Wow. And that weekend is a, a birthday weekend as well. So things are balanced out based off of trying to be accessible and available on the actual day. Forever. But the same way that I balance every day. So you'll just make the rounds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and and then, you'll you work know. it out between the birthdays and visiting and taking some to maybe with you to see your dad. Exactly. You that and, yep. So okay. it'll just be, you know, certain time throughout the day for or, you know, but I said some some dads don't even get acknowledged on Father's Day. So I'm just happy that people want to acknowledge me and spend time with me. Yeah. And, you know? Well, I mean, I think it's important. And I think it's, you know, it's not just you being celebrated, but it's that day of celebrating the relationship between right. you as well. And you've talked before. I want to talk about this because I don't think you have to have 12 kids to have. I mean, certainly compounds it. But all of us, I don't know a parent who doesn't feel, a, certainly not a working parent, who doesn't feel a certain amount of guilt or conflict mm -hmm. over how often they see or don't see, like feeling like they can't give their kids enough time or that they're being pulled in too many directions. Yeah. So how do you handle that with so many? I mean, even if they were all living in the house with you, it would be hard. Yeah. And they're living with all the in all these different homes all over the place. I mean, I struggle with the idea of attempting to be everywhere at once. Yeah. Because one, we know that's impossible. Yes, it is. But I still try to do it. I try my best to make sure that my presence is felt each and every day. And not to compare anybody else's parenting approach, but I'm pretty happy with the ratio in which I can be effective in my children's lives. And I'm also often on set shooting something or yeah. out of the country or on yeah. the road, on tour. So even with that, I know there is, like you said, there's that guilt of like, man, I wish I could be there more. But it's not from the negligence of just not making time or right. being selfish and only focusing on me. Like every ounce of my free time is dedicated to my children. And what about their mamas? Well, that's a whole nother thing. Well. But it all, I mean, I always say, like, whoever wants to hang out with me, I make myself available. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it's also, you know, 
like we talked about, some of them are are living their best life, doing their own thing, and don't need me to be as accessible to where someone is like, I'm here because of you. I'm yeah. here to you know make this partnership work. And those are the ones that I probably do lean into a little bit more. Yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah. Having met men, and not all of them, but many yeah. of them. And here's the thing that I wanted to ask you about. And I've, you know, held your feet to the fire off and on about this. So you're non-monogamous. You're open about that. Yeah. But what's interesting to me and what I wanted to kind of pick your brain about just understanding your perspective on this is that so each of these women who you are romantically involved with Mm -hmm. are monogamous with you. Uh, I, I would that. like to believe so. Well, that's the plan. That's yeah. the agreement, right? I'm not saying they may be. I never made an agreement, but also because I get this question quite a bit too. And like I said, all of I treat everyone like individuals. I learned right. that. And the conversations are different. Some will say, you know, because of their character, they want to be monogamous. They're right. not. They're not looking for anything outside of what we've built, and they're very content and happy with the scenario there's and there's some that tell me that this is cool for the time being and or there's some that you know but I'm not the end all be all then there's some that'll say I really enjoy the co-parenting space and I really like you're a great parent and this is a healthy co-parenting relationship so I feel like I again as one who goes with the flow I'll take it however however it comes yeah and it that actually because I'm in multiple scenarios, I can't really argue how one would want to do it. So, But are you going to continue to, because for a lot of them, you're financially supporting them. You're emotionally supporting them. I mean, separate from the stuff with your, the child you have together. I do things for them as well. Yeah. And so if that person who you are, who you are supporting emotionally, literally, and financially, Mm -hmm decided that they still want to be in a relationship with you. They want all of that, but they also, because maybe they they want someone that they don't have to share or they want right. someone that, that maybe they start dating or maybe they, at that point, what happens? That's all up for discussion. Yeah. I mean, I'm, but I'm yeah. not, I'm not like, absolutely not. It's more because I feel like you have to be aligned and have a healthy balance. Yeah. And allowing new energy into a world in which if our children are supposed to be the focus, yes, I would question like, all right, so are, you're searching and seeking something for yourself, which you should, but that really doesn't involve our parenting. I mean, as much as it does, yeah. but it's like you wanting to be monogamous or have something of your own with someone else. How does that look for you as a mother, especially of a mother of an infant or yeah. a mother yeah. of a toddler or you know, as they get older, if you're asking my preference, yeah, I would probably say if that is something someone I'm involved with is looking for, I would hope it would happen a little bit later once you've come into your own of what our parenting infrastructure looks like. So once the child's a little older and the or system even, yeah, is in or place. Or we got it under we got it understood because if we're still figuring out how to raise this child in this unorthodox situation. And then you enter, it's already complex with my world. And then you bring another outside energy that doesn't, like, I don't know this person. I don't know their motives. I don't know if they're excited to, I like, why are they so into you when they already know that you are the mother of my children? You know what I mean? The same way that I look at when people want to be in my life and they're new, I'm like, I'm skeptical. I'm like, yeah. do you love me for me? Or is this because you want publicity or you want to, you're intrigued? Or they just want your sperm because. All right, yeah. You, have, but, you yeah, evidently yeah, have very the, magical it, sperm it, that swim very well. You said well. it, not me, Doc. <laughs> I, I, they, it's magical. Nick Cannon has magic sperm. That, there's, there's the headline. <laughs> That's what we were looking for. Nick Cannon has magical sperm. <laughs> But, but you, that's the thing. That's where I get skeptical because I don't, I mean, I barely trust myself. So I definitely don't trust another man. Yeah. So I'm like, why is he here? Yeah. And that's like, if someone wants, what if, you know, the conversation is, oh, I just want to be promiscuous because you're promiscuous and you out in these streets, I'm out in these streets. Right. 
that's another conversation. Yeah, and that's, that's I'm like, all right, well, as a as a mother who's probably got primary custody of our children. Yeah. And you know, you're going out two, three times a week, you know, I'm gonna probably be a little concerned, you know, just based off of all right, yeah. well, like then we need to figure out this exchange because rightly so, you have every right to sow your wild oats and all of that. But then I would probably start questioning, all right, well, we got ourselves into this at a certain agreement and now this is taking us in a different direction. So you kind of agree with them. There's like a plan in place, right? Yeah. And I've noticed, because, you know, a few of them that I've met were working before or yeah, their own careers, careers and, and doing things. And many and, of them, not all of them, but many of them stop working to have their baby. <laughs> right. As they should. I yeah. Mean, and they, they you need that time. To, and they're taking a year or whatever off to be with the baby. And right. you are supporting them. hundred percent. And you also, I've noticed, support they during that time. It seems like from our conversations, because I talked to you and them together, right. that they're starting to like think, okay, if I could do anything, I maybe go back to school, maybe start a business, maybe. Yeah. And you kind of help them develop their dreams yeah. and you set them up. I like that. I mean, I think I'm a I'm a generator and like people yeah. plug into me in every capacity, not just the mothers of my children. I mean, I, I am like, too, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm They're a generator. Generators. Like, I think I like when well, that's I like when human I, design yeah i like when i can help people i yeah. like if i can help you make your dreams come true even with my children like regardless of what you your opinions of my lifestyle or how this is one thing that cannot be negated is that all of my children will have opportunities privilege and abilities to do whatever they want in life oh so there's yeah. not there's not if you want to be a neuroscientist, let's figure it out. Let's, yeah. let's start now. Let's figure out how to get you on the best academic plan because you want to be a brain doctor. Yeah. Uh, if you want to be an actor, like let's figure out what we have to do. Obviously, there's some, so there's some nepotism there. There's some doors I could probably open and strings I could pull. If you want to be an athlete, let me, you're financially set up to be able to get the best trainers and the best diets and yeah. the best process. So there's nothing on this planet that I can't say, allow me to assist you in your dream and your goals. And I say the same thing to the mothers of my children. Like, yo, you want to start a business? You want to go back to school? Like, Yeah, because a lot of them are starting businesses yeah. and going back to school and doing different live things. Live your dream. Like, if I can help you live your dream, yeah. let's do it. Yeah. Listen, regardless of your sexual orientation or your gender or your relationship status, every single one of us has struggled at one point or another with a lackluster or disconnected sex life or difficulty finding the partner that we most desire. So I have designed an amazing program for you, Seven Days to Better Sex. Each day, you're going to get a video and an information packet all designed to help you jumpstart your love life. Just go to www.drlauraberman.com. Well, the place where it seems to get tricky is that for many of these women, and granted, they have little babies, they're feeling hormonally vulnerable, they have a lot, you know, there's a lot that happens when you have a baby, yeah. right? And you feel overwhelmed. I mean, you know that better than I after yeah. all these babies, right? right? But for these women that I'm thinking of, and it's certainly not all of them, I would say maybe it's three of them, I'm guessing, I don't know all of them, you are their world. Like their entire, you think so? yes, you are okay. their entire focus emotionally. I mean, not that they don't have, maybe they work or maybe they, whatever, but they are completely focused on their relationship with you. They are devoted to you and the baby, but mm -hmm. they're devoted to you. And where I see you getting into trouble again and again is you're individually devoted to each of them, but, or that you're involved with. You're devoted to all your children. Right. But with the women, you're devoted to them, but that is divided. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. I hear what you're saying. So like I don't know if they would all agree with you in that statement though. Yeah, I don't know. They would. I don't the know. One if, I'm thinking the two I'm thinking of. I don't know that I don't know if they but even if they were sitting here, yeah. I don't know if they would say, Nick is my world. Yeah. I know that you are their world. They don't <laughs> say that. But they would probably say but their children are like their that. world or 
They have their own things. I think that might be even a tender spot. Yeah. Because I don't think anyone wants to admit that someone else is their world. Well, I don't mean their entire universe. I mean their romantic, emotional, like... Or like you said, I'm probably the only person that they're involved in. Yes. And they're totally and fully committed to that. There's a few few that even call me their man. Yes. And they get flack for that. Yes. In the world and social media, like... That ain't your man. He everybody's man. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's what I'm saying. You are not everybody's man, but you are. They call me community dick, Doc. (laughs) I don't like that term, (laughs) but I am a man of the community. Um, Community (laughs) activist. One of them told me that you definitely dickmatize. (laughs) That's a term that you've introduced me to, (laughs) dickmatize. And one of them says sometimes I have them dickluginal. I think you do. <laughs> I mean, because you are really sweet and loving and attentive, but it gets tricky. Like, I've seen yeah. it. It gets tricky when one of them wants you. Right. Like, I need you right now. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I need my man. I want him to come cuddle me. I want him to come be with me. I want him right. to spend 24 hours with me. I want to go away on a vacation And together. we do those things. Right, but not when she needs it necessarily or well, wants it. Well, see, then that's it. interesting. And like you said, that's where it gets tricky. Because, yes. And not to play anyone else's world or compare traditions. and, But as a man, as a provider, as... And I've heard this in, you know, monogamous scenarios mm-hmm. that if you're looking for a man to be a provider yeah, and a lover, he can't be both at the same time. No, but he has, he, while he's out providing, right? he's not going well, to be able to be home yeah. loving and loving. comforting. But, that but while he's loving and comforting, he's he also, yeah, and me being the superhuman that I believe that I am, my, my uh, narcissistic approach of myself. I believe (laughs) I probably can do both more than most. You definitely can. I don't know how the hell you do it. But the difference between what you're in versus the monogamous traditional whatever relationship where someone is either in provider mode or and isn't going to be available to you for that. Home nurturing. Yeah, home nurturing. But let's say you have 20, like kids come first, then work. Yes. Okay, so now let's just pretend I'm making this number up. Uh-huh. You have 20% of your week available for, for n- nurturing right, right. the women. Yes. And How does that break down? Well, that's where I see you get into trouble. No, that's why I do get into trouble in that space. Yeah. Because even like dedicating 20% of one, because at no point did we say there's time for me. Yeah, right, which is also a huge yeah. issue. We've and like about that's that. my, you know, sometimes I'll just disappear yeah. because I'm like, yo, I need to recharge. Yeah. If I'm the generator, I got to go recharge so yeah. everybody who's plugged into and me sleep can sleep maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's where I might at sometimes get irritable and I get to my spaces. I'm trying my best. Yeah. And my best isn't enough. And then that's when it's like, well, see, that's where I think the agreement has to be clearer with it personally. This is me. You know me. I'm always telling you my opinion. Right. But this is where I think the agreement needs to be clearer. And maybe you do make this clear and they're like, yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. But the reality of it isn't really fine. Right. right. Like they think it'll be fine and it, and it isn't. But like I have heard you say that and I know for a fact you are doing your best. Right. I know you're doing your best. Yeah. But to these women, when they really need you and want you to just like, they just, okay, it's fine to be non-monogamous. Okay, I get that you have all these other children and responsibilities and relationships, but I'm having a really hard time right now and I need you. And you are doing your best to be there for them, but because you have these other- Because spread so thin. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it's not even just- Because nece- that's one thing I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily happened to where- Maybe during pregnancy times is where yes. I experienced it. To where I was needed at one space and I was actually with another, like I couldn't make it because this one needed. Yeah. And I don't believe that's happened. Or that doesn't happen often. Right. One, I'd have to say, you know, I have to commend and 
celebrate and salute them for being so understanding. They are so understanding. Because they don't have to be. We are they understanding. Yeah, they don't have to be. And usually, for whatever reason, it's God or whatever, I usually have enough time to cater to the needs. We're not going to mention any names or any details. But recently, you and I, I was talking with you and... One of these wonderful, then by the way, guys, I mean, I'm sure you know this because you probably see the images, yeah. but every single one of these women are gorgeous, <laughs> intelligent, yeah. like bright, accomplished, accomplished, yeah. have everything going for them. Right? I mean, I know how to pick them, Doc. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and they know how, I mean, they're picking your genes and you're picking theirs yeah. and you're making these babies, which I wanted to ask you about that too, but I'll put a pin in that. <laughs> so, we were talking to this with one of these women and my heart, like I was feeling so, I was feeling her pain right? because she, there was something going on, you know, nothing serious, but kids get, you get these scares with them or yeah. these weird symptoms or whatever, yeah. right? And so one of the babies or maybe you're, I don't know how many babies you have together, but her, your baby together was having some health concerns yeah they and had to she go. was real she needed you emotionally she knew you were you were going to show up and i was willing to be there physically yes but i don't know if i was available at the level that she needed and me you had to stop she was focused on you coming over at let's you know make and up a going time. together and going and to you the know, helping together she needed opposed that. to meeting yes at the appointment and at the last minute another baby needed something because another baby, you had a health concern, yeah. you needed a prescription. Yeah. And so you, being the father, right? The kids come first. You went and, you, and you're like, okay, I, I could do, do both. both. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm going to go get the medicine. And, and then, show, But she needed you. And because of past trauma and triggers of yes. me not being there. Yes. I probably was looking like I wasn't prioritizing. Yes. And yeah. they all have wounds, or several of yeah, them. Yeah, because I fuck up all the time around not feeling like they are. And and, they no, and my fuck to ups usually are because just of like malpractice. Like, what do you mean? Like, like I just being a dumb man. Like I didn't do what I said I was gonna do. Or I forgot to call. Or, or you said I was one late. person's Mother's Day. Oh yeah, like I do dumb shit. Like <laughs> okay, wait. Sin, I try to write handwritten, <laughs> thoughtful Mother's Day cards, and they get switched up. Yeah, which I, by the way, feel somewhat responsible for, not the switch up. Oh, yeah. But we had just had we just had a conversation with another one yeah, yeah. who was saying, I don't want the same Mother's Day words that you give the like, same flowers and the same cards. So you I said, said, Okay, I'm gonna yeah. do individual <laughs> and look where it got me. Oh my god. <laughs> Switched up the damn cards <laughs> and sent one Mother's Day card. So and then the fact that I talked about it was even more gut wrenching because (laughs) it's like oh now I'm like a comedy bit on your morning radio show. Oh my god, she's not the comedy bit, but you are. I am. I'm the comedy of errors. I'm the bumbling idiot. (laughs) That was a bad one. My life is like literally. I'm the Black Larry David. It's like yeah, curb your enthusiasm, (laughs) like the thing that you think will happen actually does happen, and worse. yeah and so you mess up that way yeah but i mean again i'm trying my best so it's not so it's never not there's nothing ever manipulative or vindictive but things happen things fall through but then then they feel shafted or unattended disrespected disrespected. but they're very forgiving because they love me and i love them yeah I think well, at the yeah, end of the day, and we have children to. together, and we love our children, and we're in this. There's no running at this point. Where are you gonna yeah, go? Yeah. Like at, we're in it, and we, others are gonna have opinions. We can have opinions, but at the end of the day, this is the challenge that we've accepted. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you something that I've always wanted to ask you, but I Uh-oh. haven't had the balls to ask. Really? You. Yeah. Uh-oh. Which is strange. You ask me everything. I do. I ask you everything. But this feels like a question you haven't been asked before, but it's something mm. I've always wondered about. Oh, man. All right. Hit me with it. Okay. Huh? So you're a very spiritual man. I know that. Yes. And you've had many experiences, I think a lot over the past several years, where you had these moments where you go, you commune with spirit. Yes. Right? And you get downloads and yeah. you get messages. Yeah. Did God, I don't know what you, what do you call spirit God? God. Okay, yeah, so, God. so you've had the, you know, like many of us, I have conversations with God too. I get downloads in different ways. We all do. Yeah. But you've shared with me that you've had deep 
moments when you're in the woods or in the desert and where you're really going into that Just connection? W- with, with one. Yeah, like, with I'm, oneness. I'm, yeah. So did God tell you to have all these babies? Mm. You know what? Because I got in trouble about this too before because I would say like, because people would ask me, am I done? And I always say, well, only God can let me know when I'm done. Mm. Because as much as I was open to every single child that I have, I can't say the majority of them were planned. Yeah, they weren't. So if I look back, if I looked at my life, you know, if you would have told me in 2012 when I was still married and really just diagnosed with lupus that 10 years from now or 12, you know, because it's 2023 now, that I would have 12 children. (laughs) I'd be like, fuck out of here. Like, there's no way in the world that I would say I would ever plan that or that I would even think that would happen. But in those moments of communing with spirit, I have one. And again, a lot of people say, oh, like he's having all these kids because he's been on his deathbed before. He doesn't know tomorrow. I can attest because a lot of these moms, I mean, you do have freaking magic sperm (laughs) because several of these women have been full on birth control. Yeah. And and gotten pregnant. Yeah. And and like not wanted to get pregnant. Yeah. And have gotten pregnant. So I can't say, I mean, I lend that type of God stuff to said, God. Like those are God miracles. God told you that this is part of the plan? Because I feel like you've had that conversation. Yeah, like, like, but now it's almost like when you have these manifestations or even these visions, if that's what we want to yeah. call them, I'm like, oh, it all makes sense now. Because you get them in pieces or they're fragmented. Or, yeah. And so is it like, the Father Abraham yeah, conversation. Like you're supposed to be like, like Abraham I'm, you're going to be the father of yes. many nations. Yes, yes, that's what I'm. I've never heard that clarity, but I heard that like, yo, you're going to be a father of many. There's going to be your great influence, your lineage, your offspring are going to do great things. Like I've had that, and I'm like, oh well. The more the merrier. We yeah. roll the dice to to the name and and what you will build. I've had the the vision that my name will be as great as like the Rockefeller name. Yeah. And when you think of like, you know, John D. Rockefeller and even his father, like what they've built for you just even not just, you know, American culture, but global culture. And they and did they have 10 or 12 kids? He had a lot. <laughs> Rockefeller had a lot of kids. Yeah. And a lot of them weren't legitimate, but he did have a lot of legitimate kids. Yeah, too. Yeah, so. so you have gotten that message that your lineage is going to serve the world. Yeah. And, and I'm careful to. even how I talk about yeah. that, because I don't like to say like I don't use the term legacy anymore. Lineage, I'm I'm comfortable with. Why don't you say legacy? Because legacy is about what you do, not what you produce. Ah, okay. My children hopefully will have their own legacy. Yeah, yeah. What did you mean to the world? If my legacy was to have children, no. it's, not a, it's not impressive. I want my legacy to be someone who did for others, someone who built hospitals and education facilities and left literature and content to where you say, wow, he was a, he was a thinker. Yeah. He was a doer. He cared about people. That's your legacy. Yeah. Now, my lineage, that is my offspring. That is, you know, my my DNA and spreading my spreading genetic. Spreading your seed. Yeah, yeah. My, the Genghis Khan. Like, even when you think like Genghis Khan. Yeah. Or someone like that. His legacy. <laughs> Are you like Genghis Khan? <laughs> no. No. But they, I've been compared. The modern day Genghis Khan. <laughs> but his legacy was one of a warrior. Yeah. And we're considering or regard, you know, regarding what side of it you're on. Some look at him as a great person, some look at him as a tyrant and a, a evil person. But he's you, in every one of our gene pools. Yeah, so. yeah we're all related to yeah, him. Yeah, we're all related to him. Uh, so everyone in the world is one day going to be related to Nick Cannon. That's what they said. <laughs> they did this funny new National Geographic meme. There's like in 2000, uh, I think it was in, what was it? Like, 2,250 
everyone will look like this and it's just different oh, variations wait, I did of see me. That. that was funny, like different yeah. versions of Nick Cannon. So, <laughs> I mean, there's enough DNA out there. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, lineage is something that you are supposed to be proud of. Yeah. Uh, but legacy, I think you got to separate legacy and lineage. And so, right now, you have. There was a big LA Times article talking about your work and your net worth and whatever else. Yeah. And I know you have your own production company, your exec. I think you're an executive producer of The Masked Singer. Yeah, yeah. I'm an executive I mean, you, producer of Masked Singer. You star in, and you also host it. You star in tons of shows. You're obviously making bank. Yes. But I'm investing in things that I also live every day. I have a diaper company called Incredible Diapers. I'm one of the investors and owners in uh, the, the new resurgence of Toys R Us. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah, so we're doing, you know, in that space where not only just making toys, but content as well. Yeah, that's So important. I feel like, yo, that's my world. Like, obviously, I used to be the chairman of Nickelodeon and ran the Teen Nick team yeah. division. So... And that was, I mean, I had a few kids then, but now, now you know, you got now it's like, well, you get I'm churning, I'm, I'm making them, I'm, uh, it's a factory over yeah. here. We're making products, content, we're doing it all. Yeah, you are like a factory. And you're also, I think you told me that you are getting some sort of certification or degree in child development. Well, that's now like, because, you know, I went and from 2016 to 2020, I went and got my degree in criminology from Howard University. I don't think anyone knows that. Yeah, I've. It was like a big story for a moment, but I think everybody thought it was like a gimmick, like a Rodney Dangerfield Why back to school. Why did you do that? One, for my children at the time, my oldest, I wanted, they. I was always an advocate for education. Ah, always, and they were like, Dad, well, you didn't even go to college. Ah, and I was okay. like, well, watch me. Yeah. And I had a little free wow. time because I had took a break off of morning radio for some time due to health. And I was like, well, I'll take that same amount of time and go get a degree. And it just so happened to be during a time where there was like a lot of social activism going on. So I dove really deep into like facilities of incarceration and, you know, the criminal justice system and doing a lot of work in penitentiaries and with juveniles. And so it made it the stuff that seemed like doing research and papers on it was like i was living this life yeah. so it, it was the work i was already doing i just had to organize it so that was interesting and so now in the same sense i was already going to get a, a master's in psychology and a phd in divinity because religion is something yeah super intrigued by and i was yes. doing the work already yes you are so then i shifted instead of just a master's in psychology now it's more in child psychology because this yeah, that'll come in handy. Yeah. So and because I'm in that conversation every day. Yeah. Like, oh, the presence of a father and how much are you going to be and how much will they need you? And the Freudian aspect yeah. of like reverting back to your childhood trauma or the lack thereof and, you know, nature versus nurture. Like these are conversations I have several times every single With day. Who? I mean. Like with naysayers or with the mamas? No, nah, not naysayers, okay. but I'm like, I'm living. Yeah, you are. You know, like whether in, you know, therapy of my own or even just like wanting to make sure that every single child has what they need developmentally. Yeah. Yeah. And emotionally. And even, you know, I'm, I'm studying the brain and at what point does sensory matter and mm -hmm. experience, you know. This is what I mean, guys. He really is, you're very thoughtful yeah, and well-intentioned. Yeah, like core memories and yeah. establishing those and things that may seem to be over the top. But, you know, time that like, okay, you'll never forget that. That experience and traveling the world with my children. How many languages can they speak? And spirituality, like all of these things matter. And so how are you going to, because one of the things you've shared with me many times, and I know you're pretty, you know, you would, in your dream world, regardless of whether you're romantically involved or not romantically involved with the mothers, all your children will know each other. All yes. your children will come together. You'll, They're all canons. You'll all go on trips together or yeah. go on outings together. But there are, they probably has, go to the same schools. But all. that hasn't really, because, you know, some of the mothers are holding out on that. Yeah. I mean, again, one thing, as much as that may be a wish of mine, I yeah. got to respect that that's not a wish of everyone else. Yeah. That would make things so much easier for you. They, yeah. If they could just all come over for Father's Day, how good would that be? I think that will get there. You I think? think one thing, and I've witnessed some of my 
elders in the game once the children get of age to make their own decisions? Yeah, that I've naturally seen that happens. too. Yes, I have definitely seen that. Yeah, so when once or because they're currently under their mother's jurisdiction, yeah. I kind of play by mom's yeah, rules. Yeah, yeah. But once they can make their own decisions, I would hope and pray that we've established a strong enough a relationship that they're going to want to come hang out with yeah, me. Yeah, I can tell the 12 year old was calling you up to hang out. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm uh, the cool dad. You are the cool dad, <laughs> yeah. Nick. But so with your kids, obviously, I'm assuming the twins. Yes. The 12-year-old twins. Twi- I, I, oh, oh, yeah. The 12-year-old, the 12-year-old twins. Year twins. The oldest twins. Yeah. Back to the magic sperm. Yes. Right, so the <laughs> oldest twins know, and you've had conversations about your lifestyle. Yeah. We're very open. You're very open with each other. Yeah. Do any of the other kids, have you had, I mean, obviously many of them are too young. But I like, think right now is the time to start having, and this is, you know, this has been a family debate about when to have the full and honest discussion with the six-year-old. And how do you... Because he's gonna, a genius. Yeah, he is smart. How are you going to tell him? How would you want to tell him if you were to have that conversation with him? What would you say? I think because, one, I think he's kind of already figured it out. Yeah. I mean, he knows he has other siblings, yeah. even within his own household. He's not an only child. And then, you know, he has he knows about his older siblings. And he's been around the young... He's been around them. Yeah, just no one talks about yeah, it. Yeah, nobody's like, yo, this is... It hasn't happened like, yo, this is your brother or your sister yet. And I think the school that he's in, I think he's he sees, he's on the internet and stuff. Yeah. So he knows that his dad is known for having a lot of kids. But and he's never asked you about it? Not yet. So I think the time is now. Yeah. To where before another kid at the school says. Says, hey, that, your daddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think he's, it's not going to be a difficult Like, what would you say? I'm just curious what you would say to a sick... You probably, I, mean, I would be like, yo, you know your dad or, or you know daddy already has a lot of kids and you're special and I appreciate our bond and things, but I also have, you know, other relationships that have produced other children that I love dearly as well. And I would ask him how he feels about that. Yeah. And then we would have... Because I had to have that conversation with you know, my 12-year-olds. And it wasn't like, yeah. Well, no, part of it was like, yay. I have all these other siblings. Yeah, but so. then it was like, oh, well, what about me? Yeah. Where do, you know, and it was even, you know, my oldest daughter is like, well, you love me the most, right? And mm-hmm. I was like, all right, well, let's let's have that conversation. You are my firstborn, so you are unique, and you find something that you can have. That's just theirs. Just theirs. Yeah. I think every child wants that. Yeah. But I also believe there's probably going to be some feelings that they may not even share with me right away. They're like, man, I wish I was this, or I wish I would have had a different scenario or a different upbringing. So, and when those things are brought up, we deal with them. Yeah. And by the way, you could not have 12 kids and you're going to have those, you know, if you have two kids and a monogamous yeah. relationship, take it from me. They will share lots of ways in which you've screwed them up regardless. Yeah. So, And <laughs> so. that's one thing that I've understood by no means do I sit here and on tape or audio or in front of cameras and act like I got it all figured out? I mean, that's one of the reasons why I try to sit and talk with you as often as possible and other professionals to say, man, this is this is different. This is challenging. This is unorthodox. So, and like you said, even with one child, you're good. There's going to be complexities. There's going to be Things where I might operate out of ego or I might say something that I didn't really mean. Or, or you get triggered and, ha- and your abandonment issues, which you did. My own abandonment up. issues. Do you up. admit, do you acknowledge now at least after, because you, some were work. Having, you were having some trouble. You kept fighting me when I told you you had abandonment issues. Yeah, because you, it sounds just like a bad term. And it's it sounds, not. I had a, you know, I, I have abandonment issues but too. But I think, and under the guise of that, we all, have abandonment. Okay, issues. fine, Nick. We <laughs> I all, will accept that. Nick doesn't have any more abandonment issues than anyone else. I, but I probably do because I was raised in an unorthodox scenario. And yeah. there's probably been times where I remember that little boy waiting for daddy or mommy Aww. or, you know, being, what do they call when you're moved around a lot? Not a latchkey kid, yeah. but like a kid that was moved around, moved around quite a bit. So I learned how to love in the moment and compartmentalize my love. And yeah. there was probably, as a kid, big disappointments that even at the time, my, my parents or grandparents weren't aware of. But it was just like, oh man, I really wanted that. I was really hoping this happened. Or, 
oh, how much would I have loved to see both of my parents yeah. and but you know, also at my all the times growing up events or in a household together. But all the times they said they were going to show up and didn't show up, yeah. you know, or times. But that, that happens. I mean, right. and, and sometimes, and that's where I said I have to accept that I'm not going to be able to be at every single yeah baseball game but or if every you say single baller. Be there, you got to show up. Yes. 99 percent yeah of the time. and if you don't show up you, you have, have to have, have a really good reason and you have to be able to articulate that to yeah. your children why you aren't able to make it yeah and make it up to them somehow yes so yeah. there's gonna be a lot of that in my life yeah well, and hopefully long as i put up the effort and don't become negligent then we should be fine long as they know that daddy is trying his best and operating out of love yeah. all the time I think the kids will be totally fine with that. The ones that struggle are the, are some of the mamas. And and when I see you And get, that's their parents' prob yeah. problem, not mine. <laughs> well, I didn't make them that way. No, <laughs> but you do have to deal with it. Yeah. And I do see that the times that you get triggered into getting angry or feeling frustrated or wanting to go and just like, you know. Because I, I run. Yeah, you run. That's I, what you do. I just leave. I'm yeah. a... Yeah, runner, a I'm a runner. track star. I try to avoid conflict at well, all times. And then I, I go see, be by myself. Yeah, and you get really, really, so it's back to you. I This is your, like, Nick Cannon is doing his best, right? Yes. Like, that's what you really need understood. And what I see is when your best isn't good enough. enough. I'm, well, yeah. then forget it. Yeah, which then, of course, makes everything I worse. I evacuate, yes. Because then on Until top I of, talk to you and then you say, then you got to go home. <laughs> <laughs> you have to deal with this. Don't run from the problem. Deal yes. with it. Yes. And then it always gets better, right? Yeah, it does. But it's when you run. But my instinct is to. Yeah. To it's like, like I don't want to deal with this. And it, and it really down. hurts you. Yeah. Like it's not, you're not doing it out of like screw. I mean, you act like that. Right. You act like screw this. Because, but I feel their pain. Really I'm hurt. empathetic to what they're and like. Yeah. I don't want to see them hurt. I don't want to hurt. And you're the reason they're hurt. Yeah. So then I'm blaming myself. And I get down on myself. Aw, boo boo. That's <laughs> <laughs> what happens. So I think it's really interesting because in many ways, a lot of men would f would father 12 children, maybe not having relationships, maybe even right. while in a monogamous relationship. <laughs> right. like on in the our, side. Yeah, on in the side. Secrecy. In secrecy. All these secret babies. Um, right. And that happens every single day. I think there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands right. of men out there with 12 children. We just know about two of them. <laughs> right. You know? This is and, true. And the difference here is that you're not only owning it, but I watch you. You really do your best, and you do pretty damn well, given how much you work and how many women you're involved with. Yeah. You show up for them. And even if you can't show up for them physically, you show up for them on the phone. You let them know you care. You're involved in their lives. You let them know you're interested. You let them know you love them. Yeah. And you really want to understand and give them not only the best opportunities with whatever their dreams are, but to really give them the infrastructure that they mm -hmm. need to follow their dreams. I do. I mean, at the core, just like, that's where I feel like God put me on this planet to actually try my best at accomplishing everything you just said. And so I'll ask you the question that you get asked a million times. <laughs> you say it's in God's hands, whether you're having more. <laughs> I don't, I mean... I don't know. I really don't. I mean, one, I'm getting up there. Like, I'm a man that'll soon be in his mid-40s. So. Well, listen, look at... Robert De Niro yes, and Al Pacino. Yes, they, in their 80s. They are inspiring babies. me. Yes. Know? Oh, my gosh. By 80, you'll have 50 kids. Oh, wow. But, I mean, they'll be spread out. So, everybody, as long as everyone's So, happy. there's no vasectomy in your future. There's no... You never know. That you know of. I mean, there's... I've definitely contemplated deeply about you know because one I, what this is what i will say i no longer want to be careless okay i want to be a lot more intentional with life and even especially when dealing with creating life yeah because i love all my children but i probably wasn't intentional i was kind of like oh if it happens amazing right god's miracle where now one i have 12 yeah you know, so everything from no matter how much money you make and no matter, you know, 
you can't buy time. No. So I want to be intentional in all of their lives currently. And I don't want to spread anyone else any thinner than they already are. So with that, if I do have more children, it will be very intentional and the timing will be the best timing that I believe it should be. But the other ones will be a little more There won't be any more accidents. Yeah. Or oops. Or what are the other terms that people use uh, where yeah. they're just where unplanned or surprises? Or surprises. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they won't. Um, Although there might be because your boys can swim. And right, as some you of say, these I have mamas, magical sperm. Yeah, so you love that. And some but of I'm the being women, more intentional with even my practices. The celibacy thing, that never worked. No, that did not work very well. We tried that for a, how many months did that last? I think it lasted like three months and then like eight kids came after <laughs> That whole sabbatical. You saved up all the magic. Yeah, it's like don't do that again. That's like when you like hold back a well or like yeah. a or a, a, geyser. A de- yeah, and it's like then you let the dam break and the levee. Yeah. No, no more celibacy. Nick yeah, Cannon. that doesn't work. But one of the things that you know, this is a theme of this whole conversation and all of our conversations, and it's actually a change I've noticed over the years because you didn't used to be this way mm. or as much. Yeah. Not as much this way. The Buddhists will say that suffering comes because we are either living in the past or we're living in the, in future, the future, right? We're thinking. And every time we're talking about these issues or with many of the questions I've asked you, you're like, I will cross that bridge when we come to it, yes. right? Like whether it's with the women, I don't More have children. a story yeah. about how they were going to be or how I should be or what should happen. We're just going to roll with it. We're going to see what happens and we're going to deal with it when we come with the children. We're going to deal with it when we come. And I think that is the healthiest way to keep your peace and to, and it's the only thing that's real. I mean, I always said that the only thing that's real is this now now. moment because everything in the past, we're making shit up and we have no idea what's going to happen five minutes from now. Yeah. So the only thing that's real is right now. So let me just end with this question then, because I know you have, you're going to be a Rockefeller, right? Yes. So the canon name will live on. The canon name will live on forever. So you have tons. I mean, I've taught you, you tell me all the, you have a million ideas. Yes. How do you balance living in the present? Mm -hmm. Because I was asking you, I was telling you, I really see in your future a ministry of sort. (laughs) Now, because then they'll think it turned into a cult. No, you're not. He's not a cult leader. But I mean, like, you're not Kanye. Yeah, but yeah. like Kanye tried to do yeah. on Sunday. Which was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful thing. thing. I thought that was Sunday amazing. Sunday service and Jason yeah. White and all those people. Yeah. But I think because I grew up in settings like that. Yeah. Was very organized and I would even say judgmental. Yeah, no, this wouldn't be that. Yeah, religiously. I, I flee from that naturally. Yeah. Because people talk about that all my life. They were like, oh, you're going to be a minister. No, I don't see that. I see you doing something with music and spreading love and spirituality. And so when I said that to you, you were like, yeah, that's definitely like, that's something I think about. And I said, so when are you going to do that? And you're like, I don't remember how you put it, but the message basically was God will tell me when it's going to happen. Yeah. Right. So is that how you approach all of your career plans yes. or, or creations? It's interesting like because happens? I've had so many ups and downs and a lot of disappointments of things that like you. I am a control freak and I've yeah. had to learn to let a lot of that go because there's so many blessings that come when you allow Whatever source to flow. Happen. Yeah. And I used to be like, oh, no, this has to drop this day and this has to come out this time. And then it never happens the way that you yeah. want it to. So you can still be a director and a navigator, but allow the ocean to drive you. Okay. So it's like, I just got to steer the ship. Yeah. So in that, I have great visions. I know I have manifestations. I know these things will occur. Yeah. But it's like, oh, it's time is man-made. Yeah. So when, Whenever it's when it happen. literally positions itself, I don't care. Yeah. I know it's going to happen. That is really, guys, I want you to listen to that because that's what I'm always teaching about manifestation is that you set the intention. You understand that it's going to happen. The seed is germinating beneath the ground, even though you don't see it and you don't know when it's going to break through and you don't know when it's going to blossom. Yeah. Right? And so you you literally and figuratively are planting poop tons of seeds. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> really what it with is. With your magic sperm. Yeah, I, I plant seeds <laughs> and I watch them. Grow. I water them often. Yeah. And but I don't sit like they always say. Like you know, have you ever 
watch the tree grow. Yeah. It's the most frustrating process ever. Yeah. You just got to put the seed in the ground. And nurture it. Nurture it. And don't put it on man's clock. Yeah. Just let it happen. And you, you might have planted a mustard seed. You might have planted... Like what's the one that is the the one that like doesn't look like it's gonna there's a certain type of plant like you put in the ground it's like it doesn't sprout ever yeah. and then overnight All of a it's a it booms it's I think or, it's bamboo or is yeah, it bamboo like I that I think so and it can be a lotus that has to grow through mud and adversity right. before it's gonna blossom right yeah. so you're just you're a seed planter I plant seeds and including sperm seeds <laughs> yes. But literal seeds too. And and the fertilizer will do what it yeah. does. Yes. The magic sperm fertilizer. Yeah. So see, I feel like every time we have conversations in public, it's often like you asking me a lot of questions. Yeah. You got to come on my podcast where I get to ask you. I wanna, Anytime. We're going to dive into quantum love. Anytime. Because I live by that book now. Aww. I want to break it down. I have so many questions. All right, I'm ready. So, yeah, we usually talk about it on your shows where we have three minutes. Yeah, so nah, like I need to, I need one of these <laughs> sessions. So you got to right. come on Cannon's class. All right, and then we will sit down and we'll. I'm gonna hold you. Well, I'll let this one air first. Yeah, I, you know, you, and yeah, so the that's part true. you'll be competition. The, our next part, <laughs> part will be two. me interviewing you about okay. quantum love and i'll be like you and say nothing's off limits and yes. then i'll dance around the question <laughs> like you do <laughs> but mine is more from like an intellectual <laughs> academic approach like how did you come up with this yeah. theory yeah all right I'll, it won't, I'll, i won't be prying into like can. i know your family i don't yeah, want to talk do. about them so you do you, but, you walk you saw my kids building legos legos yeah, yeah. They're, they're dope <laughs> so, but no, but like, I really wanted like some of your philosophies I, I'm intrigued by. And even like, even now dealing with like spirituality and how does one who has a very clinical entry point now, yeah. like master quantum love and, yeah. and teach it and still have to, you have to walk in both worlds. Yes, I do. So, Mostly I walk in the quantum world though. Yeah. That's where I enjoy to be. So is it like, so all of the stuff that you learned in like school? No, you, it's all, I say that, and we'll talk about that. I don't want to get too much into me because I'm yeah. focused on you, but basically I work in both the logistical and quantum field at the same time. Yeah. I think it is. It, the dude wrote this book called Proof of Heaven. You read it? Yes. Even Alexander. Even Alexander. Yes. He opened up a lot for me. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, you can have a scientific approach. But there's also a lot of things that he had to let go. Yes. Once he stepped into the spiritual Well, you world. have to let go of needing, because scientists prove everything. Need proof. Right. And with Quantum Love, I wrote that book with my husband, who is senior proof mm. in mind. Yeah. I don't even know. I have to ask him if he ever even read it. He read parts of it. Mm -hmm. But- I wrote it with because he. I wanted all the data and all the science. And he all needed the it research. to be as matter of fact. Yeah, yeah, and backed up. Yes, but lots of what I know absolutely to be true and have learned in practice is definitely true. Cannot be proven by today's science. Yes. So you have to be willing to walk in. And both today's worlds. science is so fluid. Yeah, now. it's really changing. Like even you can have the proof in the back, like. You know where I want to go, and I like I'm really dying to go to like the Monroe Institute. Yes, it's a scientific institution about spirituality. Yeah, or the or the Institute of Noetic Sciences. Yeah, that would like, be a good one. Let's so, take some field trips. Yes, let's do it. All right. All right, Nick Cannon, thank you for being a miraculous Rockefeller worthy planter of seeds <laughs> in the world. <laughs> I receive it. You're welcome, Doc. Thank you With for having me. With your dickmatizing magic yes. firm. Thank you I wonder you what part of this, time. I wonder what part of this whole conversation <laughs> is going to go viral. Like, what's the headline? Magical sperm, uh, it's maybe one. Yeah. We did dickmatize already. Yeah, yeah. We went viral with that one. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what, or if I probably misspoke and said something that people are going to. Well, they'll take it out of context. Yeah, of course. But that's one of the things I love about you is that you don't worry about that shit. Nah, because then we get to have, like, if anyone actually takes the time to listen to our conversation. Yeah, then they see. Like, if we, get, if we get a few just to say, let me see what they're talking about. Yeah. Like, oh, he does. He's not, he's not a demon. He's, he's a, a good, nice guy. good guy. <laughs> yeah. Like I always tell you, you're unbelievably adorable and lovable, even though I'll never be your baby mama. I and that I don't <laughs> intend to. 
I definitely understand. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Your husband's a good man. We're family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we would never cross <laughs> No, <over>. but I <laughs> understand how irresistible you can be to these women. And they're amazing women. So yes, they are. Kudos Shout to out you. to them. Let's Shout end this. Shout out just to these amazing Applauding women. and celebrating yes. these women that put with up with me. the patience of saints. Yes. And they're gorgeous. It's not me. I'm not doing anything amazing. They're the amazing yes. Yeah. You're just giving them hell. Yeah. And babies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. No problem. Thank you.